Good morning, this is Jen with Success Happens. Welcome back, and I have with me Dr. David Clemens, and he is an expert in law, he's a law professor, and he's been actively involved in the election fraud, election integrity conversation, and I just am running into him here at the Moment of Truth Summit, hosted by Mike Lindell in Springfield, Missouri, and it's just been a day filled with experts, but also patriots from all walks of life who are committed to knowing the truth about what happened. We don't really care about the outcome. Honestly, I think we can honestly say we're not attached anymore to it being Donald Trump or the whatever. We want the truth. And a lot of us believe that Donald Trump won the election and we want that truth to be told. But I think it's bigger than the man. Would you say that's accurate? Well, I... For me, I look at justice as something that's restorative. And I think what people universally agree on now is that there's no doubt that there was fraud. Last year, we were saying, everyone was saying, prove it. This year, it's different. It's, yeah, we know there's fraud, but what can we do about it? Um, and so I will continue to, to labor for a restorative effect where the rightful candidates get seated. And, and so whether or not that happens, whether that's a realistic goal, um, but why wouldn't it be? Well, it's it's a realistic goal for me because, I mean, when I was a prosecutor, I, sometimes I had cases that took five years before I could get them to trial, depending on how severe they were. There were, there were murder cases that were cold cases where it, it took a while for us to have that smoking gun evidence to get justice. And so I, I look at this as a time in history where we've got a, a resident who is occupying a space Everyone sees through it, and we've got a dethroned, rightful, legitimate uh, president that needs to be restored. And and I, I, I just I'm one of those people that, that thinks that if we're ever going to move forward and heal as a nation, there's got to be um, an accounting for what happened in 2020. And we can't gloss over it. We can't pretend that what happened didn't happen. We can't legislate our, our way forward out of fraud. We have to catch the culprits. And so I, my, my focus is probably a little bit more rooted in, in my background as a prosecutor. But um, I pray for the day that we have the rightful president back, and that happens to be Donald Trump. You know, I love what you said about restorative and healing. You know, everybody talks about, the, you know, President, well, I'm sorry, let me restate that. Biden said, I refuse to call him president. Biden said, that he would heal us and he would unify us. But we are in a disastrous state as a nation. I mean, when you look at the areas of concern from money to the weaponizing of the judicial system to lawfare, I'd really like you to speak about, in particular, lawfare. This notion of using the D Department of Justice and the legal system to frankly take down a nation. Can you speak to that? Sure. I think what we're seeing is there's been a long plan that goes back decades where you've got vestiges of Barack Obama's Department of Justice. You've got hand-picked judges. And now you can accuse the Republicans, and rightly so, of doing the same thing. But the, the vestiges that we see with, the, with, with critical infrastructure where you have decision makers, um, turning a blind eye to all the things that we're seeing with um, with election claims. That's a problem. Number two, we're punishing people that are filing legitimate claims or legit legitimate grievances. And so you see a weaponization um, of the court system 
on a diff on a different level. So you got the the, the, the old guard, the, the Clinton Obama crowd, um, and then you've got this George Soros funding, seeding money that we're seeing in small races, in places that you would never expect to see George Soros's money. Uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, we've got a George Soros-funded district attorney. Look at uh, Dana Nessel in Michigan, the corrupt attorney general that's going after Matt DiPerno for asking questions and investigating fraud. So no matter where you go, you're seeing a very concerted effort to, to keep the American people quiet. And I'm just so happy that it's not working. And, and we know it's not working because the latest Rasmussen poll shows that a clear majority of the American people believe that our elections are absolutely rigged. And um, that's changed. It's been a hard fought for metric where we wouldn't, we didn't have a majority in February of 21. We had 43% of the country. Now you're Yeah, and we were all crazy. Not anymore. <laughs> now we're the majority. And and, and the, the weapon of the enemy, the, the, the feed, the propaganda feed is just not having the same effect. And so um, I think it's just a matter of time before we enter into a reality of a victory. But right now we've got the enemy more scared than they've ever been. And as we say here, treason happened. So, of course, they're going to scrap like a, a yard dog who's been put in a box because if they indeed did the traitorous, treasonous acts, these are serious consequences. So when someone's fighting for their life, literally, you know, they will do whatever to survive. How do, you, how do we overcome that level of commitment to cheating? Well, you have to count the cost before you get into this this movement because it, it will ruin you um, if, if the, the world as we know it has anything to do with it. Look no further than what happened with Donald Trump, the fact that you had that uh, disgusting raid at his residence based on what? An overly broad illegal warrant uh, looking for any basis to keep him from ever running for president again. So did they weaponize the DOJ against him and the FBI? Well, there, there's no historical example where we've ever seen that in the past. Um, if you have something that's of national security uh, importance, you wouldn't expect to wait till midterms. You know, if we're talking about nuclear codes, you'd think that Biden would have had the wherewithal when he was sworn in to make those, uh, make those adjustments, but they didn't. So it looks like this is nothing but political grandstanding, and they want to make sure that they remove the greatest impediment to um, whatever their, their corruption. Their corruption, and so whether it's it's Donald Trump, we see that, but it's not just Donald Trump. We've seen Peter Navarro arrested at an airport when he was cooperating with the feds. That was disgusting. Yeah, um, we've seen Bannon be arrested, uh, and and he's been a leader in this movement. We saw John Eastman, a wonderful professor, had his phone taken by the FBI in New Mexico. Cash Patel, who's a federal prosecutor and has worked with the DNI and so forth, is an amazing guy, said, and he would know because he did these things, that the, the president as president can wave his hand and say that's declassified and it's done. But the narrative from the left is, oh no, he can't just speak it. Can you uh, verify that? Well, he, he, well here's, here's the deal. He's the commander-in-chief. So he, he is, Cash Patel's absolutely right that he's the last stop. When it comes to making the decision to declassify something, you speak it 
it's done. You don't need a legislative uh, ruling because he's act of Congress. Because he's the head of the executive branch, right. and as the executor, you execute. And there's certain things that that start and stop with the president's powers. So. You can't delegate away your powers to the commander-in-chief. They, they reside within the president himself. So he's absolutely right that when he says that's declassified, if he has a standing order and that's done, to, as long as it's been done and he actually vocalized it, then yeah, he's right. What do you think will be the outcome over the next couple of days or over the next couple of months? Will we indeed decertify some of these states and undo this corrupt election? Yeah, I, I, I don't like the question, it's no, no offense to you, but I mean, I just don't, I think in terms of every day, people need to commit themselves to a grind of being a truth teller. And when you stack day after day after day, you'll see victories with whoever you talk to. We're all basically evangelists for getting rid of a vulnerable system, getting rid of the machines. And, and that has that has borne people through this that have been in this fight since day one. So I have not done anything but focus on November 3rd, 2020, and now here we are in August of 2022. And if I had thought ahead, I'm going to do this for the next two years, um, I wouldn't have stepped up. So what I want to do is shrink, <laughs> shrink the target goal, and the results will come. And so there's a great quote from John Quincy Adams. He says, "Duty is ours, results." Are God's and we labor and and God's gonna honor the, the work of a faithful truthful Patriots but if we speculate what happens is you know sometimes we don't get the victories when we want them or when we expect them but you never know uh, when you're gonna get an unexpected victory that the road decision for instance I never thought in my lifetime I would see uh, that overturned at the federal level yet it happened and so you just never know when, when the breakthrough or how it's going to happen. I just know that we're going to win because we have no, we have no choice. <laughs> I think that's well said with patriots who, whether it was hundreds of years ago or it's today, there's something inherent in the human beings who fight for our country that supersedes ourselves. It, it goes above and beyond our own needs because, like you said, you wouldn't step up knowing it you were in going in for the next two years. I know for myself, I just talked to somebody, a uh, sheriff, and you know, they actually might call me a terrorist because I am challenging the Federal Bureau of Investigation's integrity and their decision-making and the way that they're using their power and authority against the people. It's not the way it was designed. Yeah, well, so, I mean, same thing for me two years ago, um, I was an award-winning professor. I was an award-winning prosecutor. I was employed, and and so I, I knew that lots of things could happen to me personally. But now I, I'm not a law professor. I'm, I'm, I'm unemployed. I was um, I was terminated for refusing to subject my students to the jab because I was a consumer protection expert. So I, I read the literature. I read VAERS data, and I said, no, this is illegal. Um, I didn't get an apology letter. I didn't get rehired. But you count the cost, and. It's, so it's one of those things, if someone laid out, these are all the hardships, these are all the things that are gonna happen to you, like you'd say, you'd be crazy. But God in his mercy only gives you some, a task to fulfill that day. Get through it, and on this end of the battle, I look back and I wouldn't change anything for the world because um, even though we're in, a, we're in an environment of, of absolute tyranny, I've never felt more alive than to fight for truth when the stakes are so high. And so it's been a very, very meaningful life. I feel like um, God is using people's gifts 
and, and patriots are coming to the forefront, that if we were in softer times or times of pleasure, uh, we wouldn't know what we're made of. And so I think what's, what we're seeing is a, a massive reawakening where people are being thrown into that refiner's fire and people are surprising us left and right. So we have so many patriots. And what's so beautiful about this summit today is you're seeing leaders that have emerged that are taking the lead in states, all 50 states, talking about how they are fulfilling the role of law enforcement. They are fulfilling the role of investigator and journalist. And um, so it's a beautiful thing that we're here and we're still fighting. It's really cool. I. I can't help but be moved by your commitment and also your sacrifice. And I know that there's a lot of people out there. Could you speak about the January 6th defendants and the situation they're facing from political persecution? Yeah, so the, the reason why I'm in this fight and I'm committed is, is because of January 6th. Um, as a former prosecutor, someone who was really good at putting bad people behind bars in jail, I would see how vigorous criminal defense attorneys were getting people that were guilty of their crimes off. And then here I see this thing where you've got prayer-filled people, God-loving patriots show up legitimately protesting a real insurrection that took place on November 3rd. And, and I was just heartbroken because I couldn't unsee it. And because I know the insides of the system, I know how judges are supposed to act, I know how prosecutors are supposed to fulfill their roles, and no one's doing what they're supposed to do. Um, but what about their oath of office? Exactly. Well, so there's a level of cowardice, and it's it's a spiritual blindness. So my my despair, if you will, that motivated me was to see that, look, I can't unsee what I just saw on January 6th. I can't go into my classroom and talk about the Constitution and the laws working a certain way when it's not working the way that it was meant to. And your G6 prisoners, I've always said this, are the original election auditors. They were the people that showed up saying, nope, that's not legit. And they haven't, they're not here doing the grassroots work. They're still rotting in a cell. A cell. So um, I've never seen anything like it. I think it's, it's an accurate description to say that they're in a gulag. They've been denied due process rights. They've been de denied adequate counsel. What can we do? How can we support them? You know, if we go out and protest, we're going to be locked up for terrorism. I mean, how do we help these people? Well, I think what, what we have to do is we have to provide them with, with resources. And, and so what do I mean by that? We started a channel on Telegram called The Prisoner's Record. Um, and we do nightly prayer groups for the families. And sometimes we get the prisoners to come in. What they need is to know that they're not forgotten and we have to meet their most basic needs so they can survive and weather the injustice. We have letter writing campaigns. So we've got people that have written every single one of the prisoners' letters. Well, I believe my listeners who are amazing, loving, wonderful people would help with that. Yeah. How do we go about putting that together? Yeah, so if you if you get on to the prisoner's record on Telegram, you download the app and, and use the, the spyglass function and, and join the channel, Ask the question. I heard that you all are writing letters. How do I do that? We'll direct you to the resources. Um, if you want to show up to the prayer groups at 6.30 Mountain Time, every night, every night, for hours, we got people praying for each other. And it's not that. We also post court dates, we, we assemble notes, and we fundraise. We've fundraised over $2 million to help uh, abandoned wives, orphaned children. These are state-sponsored orphans now, basically. They've been, they've, been, they've been made fatherless by a corrupt state. And we're making sure that the lights are being kept on, 
So what we're trying to do is until the law can work again for these people and we see justice, let's take care of the families, let's never forget them, let's love them, let's pray for them. And who knows, if we have a breakthrough like we did with Roe versus Wade with these elections, we're gonna have a breakthrough for the J6 prisoners. And my, my hope and prayer is that they'll be honored as the, the political persecuted targets that they are, but they're heroes. And heroes. Yeah. God bless you. This has been awesome to get to know you. Thank you so much for what you're doing, and we will support you. Everybody, please share this podcast with your network so that people get the information. Let's rise up and stand up and support these January 6th uh, political prisoners and help them uh, prevail through all of this. We've already lost three. Let's not lose any more. All right, everybody, you're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. And this is Natalie Abbas with an election fraud update. A recently filed RICO racketeering case, Gibson v. Maryland, includes defendants from 21 Maryland jurisdictions, Baltimore City, state and local election boards, and CTCL, which is a nonprofit funded by Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, with Zuckerbugs. Also included are other unknown defendants. The case alleges that CTCL paid local boards $6.2 million and paid people to commit election fraud. If you saw something, say something. Email me at natalieaboss13 at gmail.com. Your information will be confidential. Make a difference, volunteer, or donate today to help with legal costs. Send checks payable to Charlton Scientific, 501c3, nonpartisan, nonprofit, to P.O. Box 370, Woodsboro, Maryland, 21798. For more information, email natalieaboss13 at gmail.com. Help us ensure free and fair elections. Thank you. Now, I have a big ask of you. Won't you please consider supporting our show with a small gift to cover coffee for my guests, airtime on WFMD, social media promotion, or media travel that brings you the critical information you need? A one-time gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Or please consider becoming a member of Success Happens for $25 a month. Together, we will make a big difference please go to givesendgo.com backslash donate success happens. Again, givesendgo.com backslash donate success happens to make a gift. Integrity, truth, and transparency on a solid foundation of faith in God remain fundamental to my work and critical, I believe, to save our country. Let's make success happen together. May God bless you and your family for your patriotism and support. Charlton Communications is not a 501c3 organization, and therefore gifts are not tax deductible.